Pantry Studio production. The following may contain strong language and deals with adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. There aren't many days that go by that I really don't think about her. I think holidays, her birthday are the worst. You'd wish for her to be here, but she isn't. It's the worst game of hide-and-seek that you could ever play. How can one or two know what a thousand can't find? Yeah, she had her whole life ahead of her, and we'll never see her her get married, have children, graduate college. We interviewed, we polygraphed, we background so many people in this case, and we firmly believe that when she walked out of there that night, she walked out by herself and probably was grabbed before she even got into the car. There's a quiet little place in Butler County, Ohio, called Westchester. Now, Westchester is only about 36 square miles, with about 65,000 people that call it home. But, oh, well, you know what they say about packing a lot of punch in a small frame. It's about 18 miles north of Cincinnati, and it was on a Monday, March 18, 1974, as a matter of fact, when she came into this world bringing with her passion, love, and a boatload of determination. Oh, and that determination? Well, it would pay off. No doubt about it. She was not afraid to work for whatever goal she had set for herself, and work she would, and work she did. She didn't just study hard, but she loved much, had dreams and inspired dreams in others. She was the kind of person that others wanted to be around, and some wanted to be more like her. But all that came to an end one cold December night, and almost a quarter of a century later. Investigators are still searching for answers. Answers that are as hard to find as a needle in a dozen haystacks. Well, maybe you can help. These are the Mountain Mysteries, and this is Episode 19, The Hopes of Heaven, The Mountain Mystery of Alana Laney Gwinner. I will be the last to fall I won't shed a tear for them to see There are over 1.9 billion square acres in the United States alone, and 24% of those are mountainous. The secrets that these regions hold are enormous. Reports of mysterious creatures, strange sightings and sounds, ghosts and murders, and those who have seemingly vanished. They are questions that need asking and answers worth finding. These are the Mountain Mysteries. Here's Chris Sloan. I'm your host, Chris Sloan. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Mountain Mysteries. Remember, you can find out so much about us 
online at www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com. Please like, share, and give us a five-star rating and write a good review for us. That helps us more than you can possibly know. This episode's going to hit really close to home. This one is about a young lady who has, for nearly 25 years, not had any justice. Her name is Alana Laney Gwinner. Everyone that knew her said that Laney was a young woman that had a lot of passion and personality. She loved country music, line dancing, and animals. And just about everybody said that she had a smile that could light up a room. Gwinner's aunt, Patty Hall, described her niece as a very sensitive young woman, recalling the time that Gwinner rescued a dog right off the side of the road. Plus, she also loved line dancing, and she loved rodeos and cowboys. She'd come into a room and light it up. For everyone that didn't get to know Laney, you know, the research I've read said that she was very vivacious, very sweet, and very kind. Can you tell us a little more about her? She was a very vivacious young lady. She loved country music, she loved line dancing, and she loved animals. In fact, many a time she would bring dogs home, she found, along the way. So her mom and the house had several dogs in it. I remember her other aunt talking about how she had a small decorative pond and, you know, the fish died in it and it broke her heart. She was just very kind, sweet. So she was very much a country girl. There's no doubt about that. Yes. And in fact, I think she went to uh, country music concerts. She also went to rodeos. But yeah, the cowboy hat was a big part of it and the line dancing. She had either already graduated from college or was about ready to graduate from college when this tragedy occurred. She was enrolled at um, University of Cincinnati Blue as she was studying for her degree in accounting. So she was doing that and working. So many of us could barely imagine getting that phone call that someone that we love, our, our child, our niece, our nephew... They're missing. We don't know where they're at. We we don't know what's happened. We need you to come here and help us out. So how did Patty feel when she got word? Well, it was a total shock when she came up missing. And uh, there were so many searches. And as a matter of fact, I can remember the day she was found because I happened to be watching the 12 o'clock news. It was on a Sunday. And they broke in at the last minute, and they said there was a body floating in the Ohio River. Well, this was about the same time also that Officer Parton had fallen into the Ohio River, crossing from Kentucky into Ohio, chasing a suspect. And so I thought it was probably him. And later that day, come to find out it was her. And as much as I hated it, it was actually a relief because I wanted her found because I knew the agony. We would all go through every, especially her parents, every time the phone rang, every time the doorbell rang, would it be her? And if she wasn't coming back alive, at least we had her. And we knew where she was, which was somewhat of a comfort. Of course, we wanted her back alive, but 
didn't work out that way. I've stated on this show countless times that it's so important to keep their memories alive. That memory connection, that love, is so important. Moving on doesn't mean that you forget. Moving on means that you choose to move forward. Forgetting about the individuals that we love, well, that's impossible. Or at least for most anyone I know. But moving forward in their honor and trying to live the best life possible is a great way to honor them. So we asked Patty, how is it that she herself keeps Lainey's memories alive? I have a picture of her that I keep on the shelf in our living room. And there aren't many days that go by that I really don't think about her. I think holidays, her birthday are the worst. You wish for her to be here, but she hasn't. Lainey's parents passed on a while back. Patty continues the search and the fight. They both passed on not knowing exactly what had happened to her daughter. They only knew that she had died, but how? I promised them that I would continue to find, to try to find the truth and find, get to the bottom of this. It's very hard on David, and, but I'm not one to let go of things. And I will not let go of this. I made a promise. I'm going to live up to it. Because not only do I want justice for Lainey, I don't want anyone else to ever go through this again. No one else should lose a daughter the way they did. Personally, I couldn't help but wonder if she thought that this would, um, well, if it would drag on as long as it has, if the search for the killer or killers of Lainey Gwinner would be this long. No, I thought it would be solved before now. But unfortunately, it hasn't. And the only thing I, consolation I can have is that there are other people out there that have waited longer than we have. And I know how hard it must be. But like I said, anytime something I think is relevant comes up, I pursue it. And I will continue to do so. Lenny was born in Westchester, Ohio, March 18, 1974. Seemed like from the very beginning, she was smart, beautiful, outgoing, and virtually unstoppable. After graduating from Lakota High School in 1992, Lenny worked in communications at two different jobs. While holding down her day job, she also spent evenings taking classes at Raymond Walters College for a degree in business and accounting. She had taken an interest in line dancing, like you heard, and family said that all but consumed her. Most Thursday through Sunday nights, you could find her at the Cheyenne Cattle Company dancing the night away. Well, that beauty, grace, and poise, dignity, and personality elevated as she danced. Everyone around her could see and feel that. Lainey made a lasting impression on people. Those lucky enough to have been considered a friend by her, well, they've got a place in their heart that will remain forever untouched. The college student still had a lot of life left ahead of her when she was killed by some cold-hearted bastard, a coward. That happened on December 10th, 1997. You see, Lainey had went out to celebrate her new job promotion and completion of her final exams. 
Now, according to a friend identified as Angie Smith, she was an excellent pool player and liked to shoot pool in a serious manner. She entered this bowling alley with a male companion described by acquaintances as a good friend of Miss Gwinner's. Well, they'd driven there in separate cars. She was attractive, and people definitely noticed her. Uh, Pat Edmondson, co-owner of the bowling alley, with her husband, Chuck Edmondson, said that she definitely turned heads when she walked through the room. She said that they have a lot of regular customers there, but nobody remembered seeing her in there before. Customers estimated it was about 1 o'clock in the morning when Miss Gwinner walked out of the bowling alley alone. Susie Damon said that she believed someone intercepted her. When Gwinner disappeared, she was last seen headed for her car to go to her boyfriend's about two miles down the road. Laney was never seen alive after that. She would be missing for nearly a month until her body was found in that Ohio River that you heard Patty talking about. Oh, there was no doubt she had been murdered. Her black Honda Del Sol, to this day, has never been found. And to this day, Laney's death remains unsolved. Now, investigators feel that if they get their hands on this Honda Del Sol, it's entirely possible, if not likely, they'll find the bastard coward who killed Laney Gwinner. Enter now, a retired Butler County detective. His name's Frank Smith. My own personal opinion in the case of Laney, it probably was sexual assault. But when whoever the suspect is attempted to take her, uh, he had his hands full because she definitely was a fighter. And at that point, he could not complete the sexual assault, so he completed an act of homicide. It's the worst game of hide-and-seek that you could ever play. How can one or two know what a thousand can't find? That was Dave Rader. He is the chapter president, the Ohio chapter president of Texas EquiSearch, who spent literally thousands of man hours dragging and scanning the Ohio River for that Honda Del Sol, the car that many in law enforcement believe if they find that thing, they could very well crack this case and bring whoever it was that killed Laney to justice. Well, it was estimated that she left the bowling alley around 1 o'clock that night, and by 10 the next morning, friends and co-workers alike began to talk about this. It wasn't like Laney to be a no-call, no-show, or to let somebody know where she was. As day turned into night, they became more concerned for her. But they had faith that she'd walk through the door at any second. Although the news reports were heart-wrenching, they never swayed people into considering that worst-case scenario. It was on January 4th, the news channels in Cincinnati were buzzing about a police officer named Mike Partons that fell from the Clay Wade Bailey Bridge while chasing a suspect. Everybody took a break from their own sorrow and turned the thoughts to this young wife, Lisa, and their daughter. It was then that a woman's body was spotted floating in the Ohio River, only about five miles east of Warsaw in Gallatin County. The body had jeans on it, a blouse, and some jewelry. Laney Gwinner's driver's license was found on the body. The coroner could not determine the cause of death, but she did rule that she had died before being put into the river. And based on the condition of the body, it appears that she had been in the river for quite a amount of time. 
Now, according to reports, she was not raped and robbery was definitely not the motive, according to Detective Smith. He said that he thought that it was an attempted sexual assault and that turned deadly when Laney fought it. Gwenner was probably accosted in the alley's parking lot, killed, and then put in her car, which was then rolled into the Ohio or Miami rivers from a slope or an embankment. Smith said that two days before she was found, the Ohio River rose to flood stage because of rain and melting snow. Everyone felt at that time that her body was probably forced out of the car. So far to date, over 1,200 interviews have been conducted, and about 100 polygraphs have been given by Detective Smith, who is also a certified polygraph examiner. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 120 nautical miles of the Ohio River have been read by sonar as the intention was that of locating Laney's black Honda Del Sol. No expense has been spared as Detective Smith relentlessly tracks down every single piece of information closing in on a killer. Dustin Fall is a catfisherman. He said that he's more than happy to donate his time and tools to help with the search. Using sonar technology, their mission is to find the missing car. He said that he can see a tree limb in the bottom of the river. He can see tires laying in the bottom of the river and count them. Fall also said that a lot of times he can see a fish and stop and zoom in on it and tell you exactly what kind of fish that is. That's how powerful this sonar device is. And you know, Pam talked about that too. About using sonar and technology to actually discover where the car is located at and perhaps bring this case to a close. It's very possible. You know, there was not too long ago a case where a boy saw a car. I think it was over in England, saw a car and something under the water and somehow he was able whether it was like a fish finder or whatever and found out it was a car and they solved a case based on that so anytime something happens on the river they're always scanning and looking for particularly if cars went in or if someone has drowned so there's always that possibility that it could be the right spot Paul said that he's got plenty of experience in the area. A couple of years ago, he said he found three vehicles in the water, one of them which had the deceased body of an 80-year-old man, and that had been missing for 16 years. He said that they were going to search from Portsmouth all the way down to Louisville. The end goal is to bring closure to the family. Her car is a black 1993 Honda Civic CRX Del Sol. It's never been found. The license plate number was an Ohio plate. That was AKP3607. That's AKP3607. You know, things like this change people. And it's almost never for the better. Pam talks about how it's changed her life. Because she, too, has a daughter that's about Laney's age. It's made me very cautious of my surroundings. I have a daughter, and she was six months younger than Laney. She was 23 also. And we're very aware of our surroundings and, you know, want to be on the lookout because of what happened to her. If it can happen to her, it could happen to any of us. Yeah, she had her whole life ahead of her, and we'll never see 
her, her get married, have children, graduate college. Really not fair, but we can wish, but that isn't going to make it so. Been more than two decades passed now. Winter's family members and friends have not forgotten her, and they never will. Her parents fought for the truth, right up until the very end. Hall says they both died brokenhearted, without answers, and without justice. If you have any information on the whereabouts of that 93 Honda Civic CRX Del Sol, again, those plate numbers, AKP 3607, please call your local authorities or contact the Kentucky State Police or the Ohio State Police. Your help in bringing this to an end and the family receiving some kind of peace, well, that's even more important than we can imagine. Remember to log on to www.themountainmysteries.com, submit your blurs, and don't forget to shop there while online and get your official Mountain Mysteries gear. And also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash themountainmysteries and join us each Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the gatherings. I'm Chris Lone for The Mountain Mysteries. Stay mysterious. If you enjoy The Mountain Mysteries, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That helps us so much. You can also help support The Mountain Mysteries by visiting our sponsors, whose links are below, or by donating at Patreon or the PayPal link shown in the notes. Patreon subscribers will receive early commercial-free episodes and more. Studio Production.